0: whatever yeah. reason like I wasn't logged in to Libson but I clicked the button and it automatically logged me in as you which yeah. is great I love that feature
1: I know I saw that and then I I had logged in as a duplicate address so I reloaded and then and then it wouldn't let you I was like uh, you know I admitted you and then it just said next to your name end and then it yeah. said ready to join too and I was like well it can't be both because yeah. if you're not here, I can't end you.
0: Yeah, hit, we had two Tims and no Teds.
1: <laughs> Nobody wants that.
0: <laughs> Man, what kind of podcast would that be? It would be all information and no dick jokes. Like, I, I, exactly. yeah, you can have that if you want, but like... Yeah.
1: Oh, no, uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh had that, and they decided they definitely did not want that. So... <laughs> <laughs> An all Tim show is not what they wanted. So, yeah, and we were just talking about a oops and oops all bullshit show and i I think this one is going to be an oops no bullshit show if i'm reading the clock right (laughs) yeah we should um
0: at the very least get through the episode first yes and then any and all bullshit is gonna be at the very end baby (laughs) we have got a hard out to record yeah. this, it's not going to uh, be
1: interesting when you say the time that it is. Like you know, like hey, you know how I said it was we've been bullshitting for thirty minutes. Well, guess what? Well, now it's going to be like we've been bullshitting for for five minutes or whatever. Yeah,
0: that's it. <laughs> that is it.
1: <laughs> All right, should we get going? Might as well. Yeah. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning.
0: It's a show about one thing: watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time.
1: I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 8, Episode 4, The Smiley Face. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, which I gotta say, I am very glad I was not forced to watch for a third time, as great <laughs> as it is. Jesus <laughs> Christ. We had a Libsyn hiccup this week <sighs> that we were almost having to, because we, we would have to record it for like the one and a half time. Because we had a, a lip hiccup at the end of the episode where we had to re-record the last thirty minutes or so, and we almost had to redo the whole episode. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think we've been saved. But I was like, I, I would, I'm, I'm. It was, it's one of the best episodes of the series. But I was like, it would have made me hate it if I would have had to do that episode over again. <laughs> oh, I, think so, I, th- I think so too. I, I absolutely think so
0: too. Like,
1: you know, is- i'd rather cease this show to exist than talk about palestinian chicken for a third time yeah or leave it until the very end like you know what it's a lost episode once we get it'll be our last episode now. <laughs> i think probably would have been the way the better way to do it but uh we don't have to but we did have some homework uh when larry is uh, getting hate fucked by uh what is her name sarah or something like that shara, um, shara. he says One of the things he says to get her her anti-Semitism riled up is it it, it reminds me of something uh, Theodore Herzl said, Uh, and I just had to know who that was. And it makes the joke a lot better once you do learn who it was. By the way, almost birthday buddies with me and Larry David, because Larry David, you know, was born on July 2nd. I think we found out last week. Mm -hmm. And Theodore Herzl, born on July 3rd. I was born on July 1st. Richard Lewis, born on June 29th. Uh, So we're all uh, almost birthday buddies. Yeah, But Theodore Herzl. -uh, Austro-Hungarian Jewish journalist and political activist, the father of modern political Zionism, Herzl formed the Zionist organization and promoted Jewish immigration to Palestine in an effort to form a Jewish state. So in other words, he's like the godfather of the Jewish state. He's like the the godfather of of the Jews having a country and a place to call their own. So he was born in Hungary. Uh, He had a brief legal career in Vienna. Then, Then he became a Paris correspondent for a newspaper in Vienna, and he covered something called the Dreyfus Affair, which was an 1894 thing where uh, this Captain Alfred Dreyfus was convicted of treason. He was a 35-year-old Alsatian French artillery officer of Jewish descent, and he was baselessly baselessly convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment for communicating French military secrets to the German embassy in Paris. And He was basically, you know, basically singled out for being Jewish, and it was very anti-Semitic. And so Herzl realized that anti-Semitism would make Jewish assimilation impossible, and the only solution for Jews was the establishment of a Jewish state. So in 1896, he published the pamphlet Der Judenstaat, or the Jewish state, in other words, in which he elaborated his visions for a Jewish homeland. He died of heart ailment in 1904. So wait, I'm sorry he died on 3 July 1904. He wasn't born on 3 July 1904. He was born in May. So we're not almost birthday buddies. He almost died on <laughs> all of our birthdays. And he was buried in Vienna in 1949. His remains were brought to Israel and reinterred on Mount Herzl. It's not a coincidence that mountain was named for him as as the godfather of the Jewish state. Yitzhak Rabin is also buried there, who is called out by uh, Marty, who says if Rabin can break bread with what, is he, uh, what does he say? Does he say Arafat? or Arafat. There you go. If Rabin can break bread with Arafat, I can eat at this uh, <laughs> Palestinian eat. shithole or something yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and four other prime ministers are buried there as well. So although Herzl died before Israel's establishment, he is known in Hebrew as, I won't even try to do the Hebrew. I will. Chosa <laughs> Hamadina. Uh, li- literally the visionary of the state. And he is specifically mentioned in the Israel Declaration of Independence and is officially referred to as the spiritual father of the Jewish state. So that's why it's so hilarious that Larry David called out his name during sex um, <laughs> with uh, with his uh, Palestinian lover. What about co-faxing right after uh, Larry David hooks up with her, which Marty Funkhauser witnesses uh, or- orally, at least not orally, <laughs> oh, God. orally. Um, he says, I can't. Uh, golf on Saturday because it's a Sabbath, and my rabbi says I can't do it. And Larry says you're cofaxing us, and I love uh, his line. If by you mean the best player on your team is sitting out to keep the holy day or something like that, then yes, I'm cofaxing you. And I knew that Sandy Kofax was Jewish, but I wanted to know if he ever did actually sit out an important game, as they refer to. And he did. First of all, Sandy Kofax is still alive; he's 87, uh, hmm, which I had no geez. idea. I know for like a, a Hall of Fame ball player like that from like the Golden Age of of major league baseball to still be alive is just crazy uh but he's an american former baseball pitcher he played 12 seasons uh for the brooklyn and then the la dodgers so that's the thing like someone who played for the brooklyn dodgers is still alive that's just mind-blowing uh from 55 to 66 widely regarded as one of the greatest pitchers in baseball history the first three-time winner of the cy young award uh each time voted unanimously the only pitcher to do so when a single award was given for both leagues so they used to not split it up and, uh, and and so he was the best pitcher in American and National League. He was also named to the National League, uh, the NL Most Valuable Player in 1963. He retired at the age of 30 due to arthritis and his pitching elbow, elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility at the age of 36, the youngest player ever elected into the Hall of Fame, which is pretty crazy. Uh, his number was retired by the Dodgers in 72 he was honored with a statue outside uh, the Centerfield Plaza in, 2000, uh, in, in 2022, so just a year ago. That same year, he became the first player to mark the 50th anniversary of his election to the Baseball Hall of Fame. So he's the first person to still be alive on the 50th anniversary that he was elected to the hall of fame, I guess. It's
0: yeah. So weird.
1: I, I mean, I, I guess like he, cause he got inducted so early. Yeah. When he was 36 and he, and he retired so early and he made such an impact in such a short amount of time. He's like the velvet underground of major league baseball pitchers. <laughs> like, yeah, he only put out two albums, but I mean, they're the two best albums in rock history. So what are you going to do? Koufax. So here's the story. Koufax declined to pitch in game one of the 1965 world series. As it clashed with Yom Kippur which I know is coming up because my kids have the day off, September 25th. I guess the World Series must have been played earlier or something back then. Uh, the holiest day of the Jewish calendar. His decision garnered national headlines, raising the conflict between professional pressures and personal re- religious beliefs to the front page news and made him an icon in the American Jewish community. The Dodgers lost that game 2-8 to eight as the Twins took game one. The Dodgers did end up winning in seven games. Koufax was named the MVP that year, too. He did pitch in game two and then tossed shutouts in game five and seven with only two days of rest in between. So even though he sat out that first game, he pitched three games, two of them shutting out the Twins. So it all worked out okay. Uh, Other than Yom Kippur, there were other Jewish holidays he didn't pitch, including Passover Seder and three times on Rosh Hashanah, one of which was game four of the 1959 World Series. So the one that garnered all the headlines was in '65, but he had already done it mm. uh, in, in Game Four of the '59 World Series. So uh, yeah, I was pretty interested to find all of that out. Uh, what about Officer Hot Copperman, aka uh, <laughs> Scott Ackerman, who we were delighted to see have um, kind of an inconsequential, at least not funny, role uh, towards the end of this? That and was I'm like, so wow, weird. It was yeah. so odd. And I'm like well what's the deal maybe he was like just kind of making his bones and was happy to get an acting job and was still no like scott Ackerman in 2011 was like well on his way to like being, he had been hosting comedy bang bang right the, yeah when did the
0: podcast start
1: uh let me see i'll jump ahead because i do have a, i had a lot of information about him but but basically like i mean if, if you want to give like the abridged version of scott Ackerman, yeah um so he grew up in orange county a religiously observant household, interestingly enough. Baptist, though, not Jewish. Um, and he hosted a public access TV show called Centurion Highlights in high school based on the school's mascot. And in an interview in 2015, he said, I'm still doing that same show just with celebrities instead of in my high school cafeteria. Uh, and <laughs> by the way, he was in a band called The Naked Postman with Adrian Young, who went on to be the drummer for No Doubt. Uh, oh, and so when he I went to... Orange Coast College in Costa Mesa he met uh, a student named BJ Porter there and they've basically been writer, writing partners ever since then. They created a, a radio show called Lutz Radio. Um, they started doing comedy as the fun bunch which they meant it was meant to like parody improv group names and Mr. Show co-creator Bob Odenkirk saw their second performance and soon after that tapped BJ and Scott to write for and occasionally perform on. Mr. Show in its fourth season, leading to an Emmy nomination in 99 for Ockerman and the rest of the staff. So, you know, he'd already it it already been like 12 years since his first Emmy nomination by the time he was on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, you know, he sort of segued Mr. Show into writing for film and television. He wrote Run, Ronnie, Run, which was kind of like the Mr. Show movie starring uh, David Cross. He did the first draft of the Tenacious D pick of Destiny movie. He started a comedy show called Comedy Death Ray in 2002 at Bar. It eventually moved to the UCB Theater in 2005, where I do know it took place right after Doug Loves Movies, because I Doug used to have a little thing where he was like, we're probably going to go long. Apologies to Comedy Death Ray. And then when Comedy Death Ray changed its name to Comedy Bang Bang, he would say Comedy, Comedy Bang Bang, formerly Comedy Death Ray, formerly Not a Thing. Uh, and, and then Comedy <laughs> Bang Bang eventually changed its name to Put Your Hands Together, so he would add that into the mix, too. So B.J. Porter and, and Scott Ackerman wrote a ton of... They, wrote, they were in Shark Tale, credited as additional dialogue, and then they wrote a script for an unmade Shark Tale sequel. They wrote an unproduced Sh- uh, uh, Shrek spin-off film based on Puss in Boots, so their Puss in Boots movie didn't get made. In 2007, he wrote a movie for MTV films for Rain Wilson that didn't get made, also in 2007, he released his comedy album, and they created and produced a sketch pilot titled The Right Now, which Fox did not pick up. But a short film made for The Right Now did go on to be on FunnyOrDie.com Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis, uh, hmm. which eventually did get Scott and Emmy win in 2014 and 2015. He also, by 2009, had written a pilot script for NBC that did not get picked up. He wrote a pilot for Comedy Central, the new Andy Dick show, which did not get picked up. I'm going to blame Andy Dick for that one. I don't know what was going on in in 09, just a guess. Uh, In 2010... (laughs) He wrote another feature film for Zach Galifianakis for Fox that I I guess didn't get made. He and Patton Oswalt co-wrote a pilot for Fox, which did not get picked up. So just a lot of like TV and movie writing. Some of it got made, some of it didn't. But eventually, he was on Never Not Funny with Jimmy Pardo so often. He was like, I'm going to start my own podcast. And 2009 is when Comedy Death Ray Radio started. And it was actually on the LA radio station Indie 103.1 for a while. But then in 2010... He started the Earwolf Network, producing and releasing Comedy Death Ray and a lot of other podcasts. In 2011, Ackerman and Porter parted ways, and the Comedy Death Ray live show was renamed Comedy Bang Bang. And then that ended in 2012. But as we know, it, the podcast was going on, and even the TV show from 2012 to 2016 was going on on IFC, which is hilarious. And, and I can't believe it lasted five seasons and 110 episodes, but I'm like, I guess I saw... All of them. I watched a ton of them. It, uh, yeah, I loved that. So even before, so like that's a lot of information I know, but it just goes to show, like he was a like Hollywood insider by the time he had this little bit part on. I just can't believe how underused he was when you look at someone like Paul F. Tompkins, who was also was was maybe even around the same, maybe even like less of a Hollywood insider than Ackerman at the time that he was on. Curb Your Enthusiasm and the big juicy role that he had and the, and the fun he got to have with Larry David. And Scott Aukerman just goes, yeah, there's a big protest. Turn here, please, sir. Or whatever it was it's like, uh, <laughs> man, uh, I'm just kind of bummed uh, that, that that's all he got to do on this show. But so I know that was a, a ton of info about about Scott Ackerman But that's all the homework uh, that we had. And I, I don't I didn't find any trivia or tidbits or anything like that. OK, uh,
0: well, do we uh, do we have any news or anything? Not that I saw. I okay. Think we're good. Yeah. Any 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 continuity that we need to touch on? No, nothing there. Nothing there either. Alright, cool. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show, despite the last 18 minutes being mostly research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and then sign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order. Wait a minute. I'm doing the whole Seinfeld intro. That's Uh, how that kind of came back to me. Uh, Tim's never seen these episodes before in the last... 12 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter, nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com and at nohugging underscore nolearning on Instagram. If you like us a little bit, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating on Spotify. It really does help us out Boost that algorithm. It tells those platforms, hey, maybe we should tell other people that we're listening to already who are quoting Seinfeld and quoting Curb Your Enthusiasm. We should tell them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's how those apps work. If you don't believe me, I have no scientific study to back up my thesis,
1: but it sounds right, which is kind of what I'm going on. It it feels right sometimes too. Sometimes you're like, I bet I can game the algo and then it works. You're like, I knew it. We got like a thousand views or whatever on on that. And then you try it again and the algo has figured out what you did. So it only works once. But yeah,
0: like if you you (laughs) close your phone and lock your phone and you just say cute cats, cute cats, cute cats, cute cats. (laughs) I'll, I guarantee you, Tim, the next time I open up TikTok within five videos, I'm going to get a really cute cat video.
1: Yeah, but they're not listening. They're definitely not listening. No, definitely not listening.
0: <laughs> um, if you like us a little bit more, or maybe you've just already given us a review, consider joining us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you get early access to extended versions of our episodes. It's uh, where we post them up there. Anywhere from, you know, five to 30 minutes longer. We just have uh, so much more to say sometimes about the episode, sometimes just about, you know, life, what we're going through, what we're doing, what we did that day. Uh, we're going to have some this episode just because we're on a, a time constraint, but that's all going to be at the end of the episode, at least on Patreon. Maybe some makes it into the free feed. Who's to say? I'm not the one who does that edit. That's that's all Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um let me let me see where am i at uh let me give a shout out to our existing patrons we've got liam m michael klatsky dry bones nate collins tamara ortiz the guys and gals over at the idiotville podcast john murphy danica Lagorio, j dog Conlord, nick kudla adam webb and megan Stolarski. thank you guys so much again patreon.com slash no hugging only five bucks a month all of that being said, season eight, episode four, "The Smiley Face," original air dates July thirty first, twenty eleven. And if you're looking at TV guide that night, you are gonna see Larry vows to topple a sacred dating taboo and regrets making concessions to his new office neighbor.
1: Damn, it's not bad. Right, it's not bad. Lucky it's for not us, bad. we may we may not have time to mess around with it very much. So I think we might be able to keep it. It's almost like one we wrote already. It is, so. it is. now.
0: Before we get into it, well, yeah. I will I will save actually explaining. I've got a confession about this episode, so I I will save that. So uh, for for the right. BS at oh the very gosh. end, but let's let's get Can't into it, I guess. Hear it.
1: Okay, uh, we open in Larry's office, and Jeff comes by for lunch, but. Larry forgot, even though they have lunch every day, don't they? I mean, every single episode. I know, yes. Like yes. You, oh, my God. How do you forget you have lunch with this guy every day of your life?
0: Like, I know the show doesn't chronicle every single day, but like, holy shit. If we're going on just the days we
1: see, I would guess they have lunch every day. <laughs> Does Larry ever have lunch by himself not at a restaurant I'm gonna say no No. does he ever take (laughs) his lunch to work fuck no are you kidding me exactly exactly so I'm like how do you forget just just know I mean you should have known you were gonna have lunch with somebody and then it would have clicked like what's today oh yeah probably Jeff I mean the reason he forgot and then he's even in the middle of some kind of other similar panic when we open the episode is that Antoinette has not been in the office for three weeks because she told larry her father is dying and she wants to spend some time with him but that was three weeks ago and he's kind of lingering as larry said (laughs) and uh so he's like yeah I, i can't fire her right and jeff said that if he knew his daughter's job was in peril he would probably let go but she's there with him and so you know larry is stuck without a Without a uh, uh, an assistant, and that's when Dino comes in to introduce himself, aka Dog from Big Dog Productions.
0: God damn
1: it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing they make parody movies based on the clothing line uh, from the '90s. <laughs> what
0: Big Dogs?
1: Yeah, oh my man. <laughs> god!
0: We got to bring back Big Dogs clothing. Oh, that's, I... I think it's still a thing. I heard a
1: podcast talking about it the other like week or something. It's got to be holding on somewhere. I, I had like probably five or six big dog shirts in, in my prime. Like I, I couldn't. We, there was a uh, outlet mall near us that we'd go to. And I was like, well, you know, the first store I'm going to is big dogs so that I can get was. the latest of like parody
0: <laughs> shirts. <of> Holy like,
1: <laughs> shit. Tim, big dogs dot
0: com. It is still a thing. Oh, hell yeah. They've was got like, Halloween tees. Halloween. I, I was about to say it's uh, got to be Halloween. <laughs> I'm here for the booze. <laughs> Is another oh, one B O O S actually?
1: Because I was about to say that the Big Dogs was kind of like the the clean version of Big Johnson that like was <laughs> acceptable for kids to wear, even though like you you did always see kids wearing Big Johnson shirts, and it was like, what are you fourteen? Do you even yeah, have hair like, down there yet? Like, come is, on, is was Big Dogs <laughs> always for husky kids? Did it seem like? I didn't get that because I was never husky, but I did wear like extra That's large true. T-shirts in high school anyway. So okay, probably, here we go. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the best selling page on
0: BigDogs.com.
1: Let's hear some of the parodies they're working with right now. Okay,
0: not a uh, okay. Uh, the top three, uh, two of them are the same, uh, and they're not parodies, but uh, two of them uh, say works well with others when they leave me the fuck alone. Nice, but but uh, obviously fuck is uh hashtag ampersand,
1: asterisk, percent sign. I remember one of my favorites like that was very no fear. It was like... Um, run with the big dogs or stay on the porch or something like that. And I was like, yes, I'm 12. I run with the big dogs. I want yeah, that.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, – the second bestseller is I'm Not Old, I'm Aged to Perfection. Big oh, dogs, perfect.
1: straight whiskey. So they've aged with the audience, it sounds they like. They have, yes. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, first parody Here we go. is the fifth bestseller. <laughs> it is uh, a big dog laying in what appears to be a hammock. But it is a very familiar swoosh design, and Uh, it says, just do it
1: tomorrow. uh, I like the (laughs) ones that were, like, pop culture. Like, if it was, like, instead of curb your enthusiasm to be, like, corgi your enthusiasm or something, it'd be, like, very low effort. Just replacing, like, pop culture people with dogs faces this, you know
0: this this one may be timely yeah um it says uh it's okay i've had my shots hey and it's a bunch of empty shot glasses
1: see i feel like they're missing that i'm surprised that's on well i don't know maybe 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 a maga crowd would buy that because i feel like the maga big dog crossover would be pretty big and i'm like really like <laughs> but but that's almost but that's almost not espousing the vaccine it's it's still kind of anti-vax like yeah, yeah. i've had my shots but gulp, you know. Yeah. Um. Okay,
0: how about uh, the three stages of old age? There are three <laughs> stages of old age. Number 1, memory loss. I forget
1: the other two. Why are they all boomer humor? <laughs> I don't
0: know. 1. I kind of want one of these shirts so bad now.
1: Yeah, they really are like shirts that go hard. <laughs> See, now I want to look up well, see, I, I just looked up Big Dog parody shirts and I found the one that I remember now the artwork. If you can't run with the Big Dog stay on the porch. Oh, here we go. The Big Bowwowski instead of the Big Lebowski, the Big Wa- Bowwowski. Big and he's, Bal- dressed, like big, yeah, and he's yes. dressed like uh, The Big Lebowski. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. In fact, here's, uh, a, here's a Seinfeld one. Seinfetch Masters oh, of Their Domain. It. That's so good. Okay. George, George Caspaniel posmo kramer chuman get it instead of newman and what does elaine say oh elaine bassett boy they they really they didn't try on that drench. one yeah and they didn't even try to Oof. come up with a better name for jerry than just Signfetch. so i guess it's Sign just jerry signfetch elaine bassett elaine bassett makes me forget her real last name it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> So that's what Big Dog Productions does. They actually they make those shirt ideas into movies. No, what they're actually doing is he's got a shark show called Great White Wonderland that he's producing. And he's now sharing this like studio office with Larry. We don't know. This, really, this episode really made me wonder what the hell Larry does, why he has an office. I've always wondered before, but now it seems like he's actually on a studio lot. So I'm like, is he producing something or does he just need a place to go to... Work. like he doesn't need he could do it at his house now well, maybe leon would be too much of a uh, but it did make me wonder like what larry is getting paid to do because it seems like he has an office on kind of a studio lot now but um they're they're sharing an office and he's like you know we're gonna be sharing a kitchen too because i'm in the same office Do you mind if i take a cabinet and larry's like yeah sure <laughs> but after dog leaves jeff says that was a stupid move you never give up a cabinet but larry's like yeah i'm sure it'll be fine uh, which was a great understatement for like to, to set up the storyline for the episode. Uh, so over at Freche, which I couldn't see without saying it like Randy Marsh. Cream fresh Cream um, <laughs> Freche.
0: Freche! Cream Freche! Cafeteria Freche.
1: <laughs> anyway. uh, And, and Freesh was at 312 Wilshire Boulevard in Santa Monica. It was a French-Italian place that opened in. 2008 it was actually the second fresh location low fration and if fresh went on the market in early 2011 and closed sometime in december 2012 now or at least the last time google maps drove by it was for lease so if you're looking for a uh, great restaurant location uh check it out larry uh, when he shows up with jeff kisses the hostess like plants one on the lips and, and she's all like see you tonight and jeff, <laughs> just out of nowhere yeah. we don't
0: know any context on this
1: yeah but as we learn from the conversation jeff you know she, they're they're dating they're seeing each other and jeff is like you are shitting where you eat you you love this restaurant you're not going to be able to come back here and larry's like oh i will you know inevitably this will go bad and and we'll break up but i will come back and i will eat where i shit <laughs> and uh, Jeff says he's never seen it done, but Larry uh, says he's going to make it happen. It's at that point that Heidi, who we find out from Larry's phone, texts Larry, and it says, you know, see you tonight or whatever, or looking forward to tonight or something, and she includes a smiley face, which I call a smiley face emoticon. Yes, because this is
0: not an emoji.
1: Yeah, this is pre Emojis emoji.
0: exist in 2011, and Larry's like, man, these smiley face emoticons i mean he never says the word emoticon but yeah like, yeah he's this is the wrong thing to rail against like i feel like this would have worked so well if she had used an emoji
1: yeah exactly i mean maybe his blackberry wasn't on the unicode you know <laughs> keyboard or whatever i wonder how big i don't know i might try to do some i don't want to do like the history of the emoticon versus emoji or whatever but i do want to know because I'm trying to think, like 2011, I definitely had a phone that could handle emojis. I don't know how much I was using them, but yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that this was the the colon and the parentheses, the closed parentheses, and not the emoji, and it feels like so late to be railing against this. Like, oh, can you believe people are? Yeah. Like, have you ever heard of AOL? I was doing this in '97. Like, and now it's 2011. Yeah, you're Larry. What's, against...
0: what's, what's your hot take on <laughs> key, on the fucking keyword Seinfeld on AOL.com? <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm like it's it's really a really weird thing to hate uh, he's like are we gonna start using it in headlines i'd be willing to bet that this <laughs> had been in headlines by 2011 probably
0: it probably yeah. has like in some headline about oh it's taken over language smiley face yeah oh definitely those but yeah
1: i mean it it's it's what was
0: what was the example he gave unemployment
1: down smiley face or whatever (laughs) (laughs) but not not those but certainly like you know computer fest in town smiley face something like that like i guarantee you it was used in in a news headline like that um it's at that point that Stu shows up aka the dean's assistant from old school that's what i recognized him from (laughs) oh i've never seen old school oh man we might have to do that for the patreon it was like such a it's, it's such a great of its time thing i mean we've kind of talked about it because it, it was like the beginning of the what did they call them the frat pack because of course that the movie's about a frat so it was like yeah. the beginning of the frat pack, the end frat pack the end of the american teen sex comedy that american pie ushered in and it was pre Apatow kind of it was like will farrell owen wilson vince vaughn that whole crowd when they, uh, luke wilson even when they uh and, and owen you could throw in there, so like that the wedding crashers sort of comedy, um so we might have to do that once we once we finally get back to doing that series <laughs> yeah did did <laughs> but, we ever do a second one, or did we only do the one we if you want to count because we kind of jumped forward and we did forgetting Sarah marshall um, did we
0: release that as an a as a American sex comedy?
1: maybe not, but I think we tried to put it in the same in the same vein um because I had suggested sex drive, I think at that time, and then. You were like, "Let's do forgetting Sarah Marshall," and I was like, "That's fine." Um, but yeah, but it but it it did sort of jump over a little bit of the the timeline there. But I don't know. We didn't. We never. We never said we were going to do them in order anyway or anything. But we haven't done a third in case you're yeah. if you want to count if you want to count that one. And so yeah, that's where I recognize him from. And he hugs Larry and Jeff, and he makes cheek to cheek contact, which Larry doesn't like, uh, and asks if uh, you know, "Hey, how about dinner on Saturday night?" And Jeff bows out because things aren't great at home with Susie leaving Larry on the hook to just go to dinner with this guy and his wife by himself. Jeff is like, it's the, and Larry congratulates him on on the perfect excuse. He's like, things often aren't great between me and Susie at home. It's never stopped us from going out to dinner. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I would venture to say like things are never great at home and they're always going out. It's it's never swell (laughs) in the green household. Yeah, but it is a brilliant, it is a brilliant excuse. And so Larry congratulates him on it. Uh, so over at Heidi's place, Larry and Heidi are making out on the couch. But Larry is, is stopping to talk to her about stuff like, you know, be careful with the smiley face. You know, I feel like I'm getting a text from a 10 year old, which and, and Larry is, would know. Yeah. Too old for Larry. Is that why he doesn't like it? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, take it easy with the smiley faces. And then then he stops again. He's like, hey, what do you think of this mark on my forehead? Should I get it checked out? And she's like, why are we talking so much? He's like, you can you can kiss and talk. And Heidi is not familiar with the concept. In fact, they're interrupted by her niece Mimi, who is staying with them, who also agrees that um, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were, uh, you yeah, I heard some talking. So I didn't realize. And he's like, you can kiss and talk. And Mimi goes, not if it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Larry wants to get back to it. But, you know, Mimi interrupting them and going back to her room kind of ends the evening. And Heidi is like, oh, hey, I have like uh I want to go to this farmer mar- farmer's market in the morning, but I don't have any cash. And Larry's like, oh, here's 60 bucks. And she's like, great, I'll give it back to you, and I'll pay you back when you're at the restaurant next time or something. So back at Larry's office, he goes into the kitchen and finds that two cabinets are now labeled for big dog only. And <laughs> all of his food, and by the, and all the food in those has been perfectly organized and like well-spaced out. There's like, Four inches between all the food items. Yeah, there's definitely like <laughs> you know enough space to to make it look good, make it look nice. Yeah, and, and all organized by like here's the boxes of this type of food, and then and then Larry opens his and all of his food is shoved floor to ceiling on each of the the shelves into one shelf section. Big dog comes in, dog comes in, and and you know Larry confronts him about this, and and he proposes splitting he's like all right i'll tell you what you take one cabinet i'll take one cabinet and we'll split this one in the middle and big dog in a not unthreatening manner tells larry that the food is going to stay this way it's that the, the cabinet situation is going to stay the way it is and then it's like peace brother and leaves but like it really <laughs> is not peaceful i mean it was it was it was not unthreatening in the way i'll i'll say it um so things are escalating in the kitchen. Over at Century City Medical Plaza, where Antoinette's dad is staying. And this at this point where I was like, she's still in town. I mean, this kind of plays into the plot a little bit later. But I was like, when I heard like, oh, I want to go home and spend time with my dad. I was thinking it was like, oh, Indiana or something. She's got to like travel. But she's in town. Like yeah. surely when he sleeps or something, you know, just adjust your hours, do a little flex time or something. You're still in town uh, and you it can't might be the most work. CEO thing you've ever said to. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to do some flex time here. OK, so why don't we circle back to this? I'm, I'm, t- I'm going to need you in the office. <laughs> yeah,
0: we cannot do this remote.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is not a work from home situation. We're going to start a hybrid. All right. Larry calls Mr. O'Malley, as we find out his last name is. I thought Antoinette O'Malley, by the way, is kind of a weird amalgamation of ethnic names, like French Irish. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But he tries to discern the prognosis, as he does often when he's talking to somebody who's in a hospital. He wants to know how close they are to death, but find out in a roundabout way. Um, You know, he's like, are the doctors kind of huddling and whispering when they talk about you? (laughs) (laughs) Questions like that. Uh, And so he gets Antoinette on the phone. And I love the, the... they don't sit on this for very long, but it was a funny transition where she's like, hi, Larry, thanks for calling. And he's like, hey, Antoinette, dog took a cabinet. And he like launches right in. He doesn't even say like, oh, yeah, of course I care about what you're he just launches right into business. Yeah, which can't the even winner. can't even hide it. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's like he tells her about the cabinet and that the, the, the office is in disarray. She's like, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll come in for a day. And it's at that point, she's like, why are you talking to us, by the way? Why aren't you at lunch with Richard Lewis? And he forgot the other person he has lunch with every day, Richard Lewis. And so back over at Fresh, uh, Larry tells Richard Lewis that he's late because their dermatologist, Dr. Rifkin, made him wait 45 minutes. And Richard Lewis is like, oh, man. First, Richard Lewis calls Larry out. He's like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, your voice went up. That means you're lying. And he's like, No, no, I, uh, no, that, that's really what happened. He made me wait 45 minutes and that makes Richard Lewis piss because he's like, Oh, great. This doctor is becoming like every stuffed shirt, Beverly Hills doctor who thinks they're the most important thing and they're going to make you wait. That really, it really pisses Richard Lewis off to no end. But it's at that point that Heidi comes over and tells Larry that, you know, oh, I slept through the uh, farmer's market. I just went to Whole Foods and I used my credit card. So boom. And Larry is like, 60 bucks uh what about the 60 bucks she's like oh yeah i I didn't use it so i just wanted to come over and say hi like she's sort of brushes right by that as well She's like so you still make 60 bucks She's like, yeah so have a good meal and uh and larry insists to richard lewis first of all that he is going to eat there after the breakup and richard lewis also disagrees with larry about the 60 bucks that it's it's not that big of a deal but as we know very small things are big deals to larry so they do not see eye to eye on the fact that she should have given the 60 bucks back right then uh, over. And, and Richard Lewis also puts he's like, what is $60 when you get to have intercourse with a woman as beautiful as that? <laughs> <laughs> like just chalk it up as a loss and you're still out. You're still on top. Yeah. Pun sort of uh, back at Larry's office. It has gotten the Antoinette touch. The desk is pristine. She says she's going to get that cabinet back. Uh, and Stu and his wife come by and Stu insists on a hug once again, and they inquire about Jeff and Susie because now they're curious about what's going on with Jeff and Susie at home, why he can't, you know, go out to dinner. And they're like, is he having an affair? And Larry goes, no! And they're like, oh my gosh, did you hear that? His voice went up. That means he's lying. People do that when he's lying, <laughs> just like Richard Lewis just said. And uh, and he's like, no, no. You know, I like whenever he tries to backpedal on the hybrid. He's like, no, no, he's not. And, but they won't take no for an answer. They're convinced now that, that Jeff is having an affair, and so uh, they leave. But it's at that point that Antoinette gets a phone call, and her dad died, and his last words were, "Where is Antoinette?" And as she says to Larry, "Guess where I was?" And, Fuck. and Larry, I like Larry's, huh? <laughs> after she storms <turned> out, Because <laughs> <laughs> huh! he's like trying to like put those like breath freshening drops on his tongue at the time too so he's also like i got his tongue stuck out yeah,
0: he also can't like <laughs> make
1: words
0: happen <laughs> yeah
1: uh, so over at palisades village center which is at 881 alma real drive in pacific palisades this is the second time we've been to this location because i recognized all the scaffolding they're working on the facade or something i don't remember the other episode uh, but if someone does, if you're like listening, if you just listen to that or something, please let us know. <laughs> um, but that's where Dr. Rifkin's office is, and he says that Larry's scalp is okay. You just gotta, you know, put the suntan lotion on there, the sunscreen on there. And uh, by the way, I know you know Antoinette's dad, and we were friends, and we were in a band together. In fact, I'm playing Danny Boy at his funeral. And by the way, Richard Lewis canceled his appointment, and several other people he referred also canceled their appointments you don't know what's going on there do you and larry uh you know plays dumb and then uh, dr rifkin says he wants to do the full body exam it's been a while since you've been here so uh you know let's do the full my mom calls it the spots and dots check because she's big into her do- uh, dermatologist and uh <laughs> so it's, it's that kind of thing but larry's uncomfortable he's like ah, i don't know you know i gotta stand there and you look at my penis and uh, and it just makes me uncomfortable so he just kind of walks out but i like that you know, he's like, you have to look at my penis, right? Uh, and I like the doctor goes, it's the I'll, it'll be the briefest look at your penis.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I like that Larry's like, no, and just leaves without making the appointment. By the way, I also recognized this doctor, and it wasn't until the end of the episode when I saw the credits that I, I realized who it was, but I'll, I'll mention that at the end. Back at the office kitchen, Larry is now setting stuff on the counter, which sets off Big Dog uh, because he's like, I sure hope you're – Putting that stuff away, and Larry's like, "I can't put that stuff away because you took all the cabinet space and shoved my space, so I got to put it here on the counter, and it gets heated. Um, I mean, it it almost gets physical. Like Larry says, the shark show sucks because pe- the sharks are just swimming around and they're not even threatening the people, and it's really boring. and And he's like, by the way, also, I'm not calling you dog anymore; you're Dino. I, I like that. That's one big punishment for Larry. He's like, I'm not using your nickname anymore; I'm calling you by yeah. your real name." <laughs> no more no more nicknames We are not on a nickname uh basis uh and big dog even like picks up larry's food and throws it at him after him like because he's like this yeah. counter space has to remain clean like he's getting very like alpha male intense
0: yeah and i mean he picks up larry's food and uh i, I forget what the first thing he picks up is but i i mean he picks up larry's um, what did Larry call it? Yeast-free bread. So it, it's very heavy. And he's like, yeah. take your five pound bread and shove it up your ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did like that. Yeah, it's like that special, like that special bread that you, that you see at Whole Foods and stuff that, yeah, has no yeast. <laughs> and so it's like thick as hell. Back at home, Larry and Heidi are chilling by the pool. And she mentions that her dad died about two years ago. And that elicits another, huh, from Larry. <laughs> and she's like, that's all you're gonna say? And he goes, "Well, you what? said it was two years ago. Don't you think the sorry window is closed?" <laughs> oh my fucking god! Holy shit! Um, I I kind of see his. There should be something else he could have said. Like, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that." Like, it was a long time ago for that, you know? Like, I'm sorry to hear that. It just it does seem a little uh, far removed for for that response.
0: I mean you can uh I I'll still say uh like ah oh, I'm sorry. Like yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter how long it's been. I mean you don't oh, have to be like oh, oh I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> how are you yeah. feeling? Oh my god, Too how brief. are you
1: even outside right now? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah the, the longer it's been, the more brief you can keep it. The ah, yeah. oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I guess or, you're oh, I guess you're right. Oh, that's,
0: uh, or or like if you're in the same situation, I know Larry's not. I was like uh
1: oh, that sucks. I know how you feel. Larry isn't the same. That's it. Isn't Nat? Nat's not dead. Oh, Nat's not dead. Yeah, that's right. You're right. <laughs> Nat's not dead. I kept. Think- I was thinking about his mom's gravestone. Yeah, he's in. He's yeah. in a home, but he's not yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, um, I would. I wouldn't put it past Larry to go. Oh, my dad's alive. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know about that. My dad's uh, alive. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know. You. My dad's still kicking.
0: <laughs> and then he, and then he just goes on and like says, "Well, he's he's this old and <laughs> doctors say he might live to be the oldest man alive. He's super healthy. You know it's su- it's My dad's it's, never it's gonna great. Die. It's great to have him around still. I know I know uh, what you mean.
1: I I relish every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I I think you're right. I, I guess I was thinking that Heidi wanted the, a big production or something like that, but it's just like, oh, sorry about that. Would have been would have been enough and would have placated her. But She does uh, get up to put sunscreen on his head anyway, you know, so that that moment kind of passes. But then Larry decides to make a big production out of returning a pen he borrowed because he returns things that he borrows and he makes it patently clear that he's talking about the $60 that (laughs) that Heidi borrowed (laughs) from him. And she's like, you know what? I tried. Uh, This is not going to work out. And Larry's like, oh, we're breaking up. (laughs) <laughs> i like that like it's so uh, like oh, oh, oh was this a breakup she's like yeah this is a breakup and uh and that also gets a huh from larry <laughs> 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 which i love that reaction now um if they were trying to make that a thing they they did it so i hope it i hope it sticks around and as she's leaving larry goes hey, d- did you get the whole head with the sunscreen and she goes yes uh, but she does kind of go yeah does she does her voice raise in that situation i think it must to fit in with the whole theme of the show. It did, they didn't sell it as well as they had the other ones, but she kind of says, yes, I did. And then Larry decides to take a nap uh, in the, as the sun beats down, as the midday sun beats down on him by the pool. And so we cut to Mountain View Mortuary and Cemetery, which is at 2400 West Fair Oaks Avenue in Altadena, California, which is kind of a haul from Santa Monica, by the way. If you told somebody in Santa Monica to meet you in Altadena, they'd go like, man, that's going to take me like an hour to get there, so I'm kind of surprised that they didn't find a filming location a little bit closer. But um, Larry is there offering his condolences. We see him entering from behind, and we see the disgusted uh, faces of the family and friends gathered for Mister O'Malley. And then we see the front of Larry's face. He has a smiley face burned into his head, or I guess the opposite of burned into his head, because she only applied sunscreen. And yeah. I did like how you could see in the scene where she's applying it her putting the two little eyeballs on his forehead uh, before (laughs) leaving and so you know that's the only spot that got sunscreen so everything's red around it and he's got a smiley face and i like the guy who tries to break it to him he's like and i don't know if that's appropriate for a funeral (laughs) and and the woman next to him was like it's not like duh lady i'm trying to like be nice to this guy (laughs) and i like that larry is also he's like as you can see there's nothing i can do about it like larry's being very calm about it as well because he's like this is what i have to live with as you can see there's there's nothing i could do yeah it is um, uh,
0: it is a burn on my scalp <laughs> lady what do you want me to do about it
1: yeah and and the guy even offered he's like uh what about a hat he's like i've got a dodgers hat in my car i like larry goes no i hate the dodgers but thank you and, like and walks, and, and walks off yeah <laughs> is this a new thing does he hate the dodgers because of o'connell I wonder he might He might. Yeah. <laughs> watch him become an angels guy now he's an angels fan now <laughs> oh. and he goes up and he has to explain to Antoinette the, the happy face the smiley face and uh, he also tells Rosemary so Antoinette takes off. And Rosemary's like, you know, she's really been broken up over all this. And he tells Rosemary, you know, the being by the bed, the bedside's not that great at death. You don't want to be by the bedside. All the other parts that he was like, everyone expects something amazing. Like, you know, it's not going to be Rosebud, obviously alluding to Citizen Kane's <laughs> last words. He's like, they're not going to. And, uh, and Rosemary mentions, you know, it's it's going to be a while before Antoinette gets over this. And he's like, wow, how long do you think she's going to grieve and and She says, you know, it's going to be weeks and weeks. Uh, And then Larry's like, wow, I really could use her back at work. Well, Rosemary offers to do the job because she was an executive secretary for 30 years. And so she'll keep Antoinette's job. It'll keep her mind off of her grief. That's what she needs. And so Larry's like, I think this sounds like a great idea. And she's like, Monday morning. And he's like, all right, don't wear that hat. (laughs) I love those parting words to a grieving widow. Don't wear that hat to work to keep your daughter's job. Uh, so at the ceremony, Richard Lewis shows up and Rifkin confronts him about, you know, he tells Rifkin about the 45 minute wait. And that's why he's canceling and finding another doctor. And they started a big fight about that. Uh, a big fight starts about Larry David telling him that. and And so Larry kind of sneaks out. Uh, crawling on his hands and knees out the back of the somehow, like Richard didn't notice him sitting there. It's it's literally he's like he's like five feet from from both of these guys, and they don't know that he's there. It's it's really weird. So during the procession, Larry of course is not listening to the radio. He never does that in his car. Instead, he sings a cappella, uh, free use. Like, no trademark. Whatever you call it. Like, <laughs> those old songs where the copyright is ran out. In this case, it's Camp Town Races. He's in a funeral procession going, Camp Town Races, sing this song. Do-da, do-da. Uh, and that's when Rifkin speeds up in his Porsche and decides this is the moment you have to pull over right now. And we've got to talk about this uh, situation. So they pull over to the side of the road, and he confronts him about the the waiting 45 minutes lie. And he says... You'll tell Richard Lewis that you were lying about that. He's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and you'll submit to the full body survey. And Larry does put in the condition that the penis is not involved. The doctor even agrees. I don't want to see that. (laughs) Like, I don't. It's not my that's not my intention is to get a look at Larry David's penis by doing this. But we will (laughs) leave the penis out of the out of the exam. And it's at that that point that he realizes the procession has passed them by and is totally gone now. And neither of them know where the cemetery is.
0: I don't know what he thought was going to happen. They were in the procession. I know. He's like, where did the procession go? Motherfucker, you pulled over, got out of your car, and stopped to talk. That's what happened to the
1: procession. Why you couldn't do this at the place where you were both going? Yes. I don't know. You knew
0: Larry was going to be there,
1: didn't you? He's in the procession, after all. I guess maybe he was worried that he was going to sneak out again, and this was his only chance to to get him. (laughs) This is also a, if only cell phones existed, oh, wait, they do. Oh, my God, I
0: know, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, man, like, if only we had smartphones where we could Google a location. How
0: how are we ever going to find out where this funeral procession went? How are we ever going to find out what cemetery that, that he's buried in?
1: can't call anybody can't call the funeral home you can't, can't, you can't google text the obituary, anybody nope not can't in 2011 <laughs> no. Nope. no way we are lost but somehow uh they the we do i guess larry doesn't find the cemetery but everyone else is already there and the waiting crowd has heard about rivkin uh being late and he's like you know i heard he does this to his patients too uh because they're like <laughs> oh, i'm sorry we can't start the the ceremony and so uh, even some lady in the crowd is like i'm canceling my appointment uh, and so he's losing even more business because of this so over at the office uh, rosemary is doing a bang up job as larry's assistant bringing him some delicious tea and the gig is working out great jeff shows up for lunch and larry's like all right let me go to the bathroom really quick uh on the way to the bathroom larry now sees a sign on the kitchen door that says private Big Dog Productions only. Yeah, private the door kitchen. door is locked. Private <laughs> kitchen. Big Dog Productions only. And the door is locked. And uh, Larry's banging on the door. It's at that point that Stu shows up. And Larry uses the same line that Jeff did to try to get out of it. He's like, you know what? Oh, things aren't great with me and Heidi. So I can't go to dinner with you anymore. And he's like, wow, you're using the same line that Jeff used to get out of it? And, and, Je- and he's like, yes. And he's like, is something going on with Jeff? It was like, was Jeff lying? Because Larry's like, yes, and I'm not lying. He's like, was Jeff telling the truth? He goes, yes. And his voice went up. So that meant Jeff was lying. (laughs) And that means things are fine with him and Susie. And that means that Stu made a big mistake because if Jeff was lying, Marion told Susie that Jeff was having an affair. That's when Susie shows up. And we see that the conversation that Jeff was having with Rosemary about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your husband. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're, and he's like, how are you holding up? And she just starts, starts kind of breaking down. Susie sees that that conversation has escalated to Jeff actually embracing Rosemary and sort of, like, giving her that that's okay. She's consoling her. All Susie sees is Jeff hugging a woman that he must be having an affair with. And I like Larry's low, like, when – When Stu was like, so you say my wife has a big mouth? And Larry goes, yes! (laughs) (laughs) And I forget what the other thing was. Like, you don't want to have dinner with us? Yes! And that's when Susie shows up, though, and starts beating up Jeff for having an affair with an old lady. Uh, And so we cut to Frasch, and Larry shows up. And he tells Heidi that even though our relationship is over, my relationship with the restaurant lives on. And so I would like a seat and we cut to larry uh, not really enjoying his meal because his stomach is hurting and as heidi comes by he asks did you put something in the food and she goes no mm-hmm. and that is when frolic starts to play when the realization that she's lying about that hits larry's face and that is the end of the episode by the way i do want to throw in that uh speaking of the credits that are rolling the executive producer of curb your enthusiasm aaron o'malley so I'm guessing that Antoinette's last name is an homage to the executive uh, that producer. Makes sense. That makes, Doc- uh, that Dr. makes sense. Dr. Rivkin was played by Michael Gross, who I know as the dad from Family Ties, which was a sitcom that I watched back when I was growing up in the 80s uh, with Michael J. Fox and Justine Bateman and Michael Gross also in Tremors and uh, you know a, a bunch of other good stuff. So uh, Dino, by the way, was played by Harry Hamlin. I knew I recognized him as well. And he's like, I don't know, I think like a... A soap opera star or something like that. I think he might be married to Lisa Rinna He as looks well. like he'd
0: be a soap opera star. Yeah. He's got the it, hair.
1: It's something like that. He's something like, you know, like random 80s celebrity, kind of like John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard back when he was on. It's, it's that kind of cameo, I guess. And Rosemary was played by 60s and 70s superstar Joanne Worley, who made her bones on Laughing back in the day. I did not Whoa. recognize her, but I recognized her name. Yeah, so like comedy icon from you know back in the golden age of television so so very interesting cameos in this episode
0: all right well uh tim what do we got for homework this week
1: i just wrote down emojis and, uh, and emoticons just to see if there's any 2011 information about them okay okay yeah um what do you like for cover art this week oh man i mean the smiley face itself kind of says it all um that's pretty perfect. Uh, like as
0: soon as soon as we get the reveal uh, yeah. <laughs> of the smiley face on Larry's forehead, or yeah,
1: yeah, I think yeah, this definitely the smiley face on Larry's forehead. Yeah, um, I can't think of what is anything else coming to your mind.
0: No, I, I think that's, I, yeah. think that's a perfect I think That's gotta encaps- be it. A, a visual encapsulation.
1: Yeah, it, it gives away a funny reveal, but what are you gonna do?
0: All right, well, let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had Larry vows to topple a sacred dating taboo and regrets making concessions to his new
1: office neighbor. Damn, I think it's, it's perfect. It's pretty good. It's one of the best they've ever done. It's like so teasy and it's like, wow, what does he concede? Oh, what rule is he going to? It's It's really good. Uh, no notes. I don't think I got we can nothing. do anything to it. I got nothing. It's not just because we're in a hurry. <laughs> like, I really got nothing. I, I, really I legitimately, I can't think of a, a way, to, <laughs> way to make it better. Uh, all right, Tim, did you like this episode? Yes, I would call this a very average episode. Um, it, it It's it's one of the most Seinfeldian episodes of Curb. Like, Curb it has is. its own it flavor of that sort of, like, dissecting the minutiae of everyday life. This was very, the way it was written and structured and the voice going up thing was something that they would talk about in Seinfeld. <laughs> the danger of not being able to go back to a restaurant is something that definitely would have been covered in Seinfeld. I feel like there was something to it. Like, Oh, we can't do that now because she got custody of that part of our social life or whatever. Like, I feel like that was a part of Seinfeld somewhere. Maybe it might my memory will be jogged by the time we talk again. Um, but it was very Seinfeldian. And there were some good laughs and, and I really liked the scenes in the kitchen. I was like, like i don't know harry hamlin was like a very threatening character as i as i mentioned and yeah and I hope it continues. Like I hope it doesn't end here. I hope we get yeah, some I, resolution. I hope this. we. I hope we get more big dog throughout season eight. Yeah, because I'm invested. I really like. <laughs> I really liked that storyline. Um, but but overall, I thought it was. I thought it was just a, a very average episode. So this might be my bell curve episode. In fact, maybe I should give it the bell curve with the arrow in the mm. middle. <laughs> I might. I'm going to do that right now. There we go. Oh, Official my gosh. designation. <laughs> What about it? Was so helpful last season. I was like, was it better than vehicular fallatio? If it was, <laughs> it gets a star. If it wasn't, see you later. Yeah, and, and a mean, lot of stuff was.
0: This is half halfway through season eight. Yes. we're halfway done, so yes. I think it's fair to give this the bell curve.
1: I need it. <laughs> what about you?
0: <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I I can't give it a star though, just because it was. Yeah. It, it's it's baseline, you know. Like you're saying, I, I think it's a, a a good, a decent episode. I was laughing, but I I will get into. Uh, why I was not laughing harder when I get oh, into yeah, my yeah, yeah. confession of the episode. So we'll, okay. I'll get into that in in just a second. Uh, do we want to do that first, or we want to uh, do uh, next week's episode first? I guess I'd like to round out this episode with okay. With what what your okay. confession so, is? So confession of this episode, <laughs> I <laughs> logged in to Max on my phone, watched this episode. Finished it all while driving. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. Because I, uh, I had to go do a, do a thing for sales at a grand opening oh of gosh. a sports store <laughs> a, in a town an hour away.
1: Ugh.
0: And I, uh, I I didn't get back into town until four. <laughs> or, or wasn't going to get back into town until four. I left there at three so I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna have time to watch all the episode. Unless
1: Yeah. Excellent.
0: <laughs> I, I, I had my phone oh, charger. Gosh. You know, I, I was alternating between the charger and the aux cord, which I had my adapter to plug yeah. into my phone. So I had the sound playing in the speakers <laughs> of the car. And I had my phone uh propped up on the dash and This was a great experiment in how much do I actually need to be looking at the screen? Like, how much do I need to be looking at the visual aspect of an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Because most of it, I was just listening to.
1: Yeah, there's only a couple. I mean, Larry's Cabinets was a visual mm-hmm. very visual joke yeah and the but, smiley face of course yeah on his but you face, get that by yeah.
0: like looking over and looking yeah, back at the road right and, and like you don't <laughs> th- there's nothing that you need to keep your eyes on the screen for so it was it was an experiment for me am i gonna watch every single episode of curb while driving now no no are you kidding me that was so fucking dangerous but <laughs> yeah, the i fact ne- that you, but i needed to
1: yeah the fact that you enjoyed it I think says a lot about this episode that like, that it was still good, you know, that it was still, you know, you thought an average episode. You for
0: for that own reason, maybe I should bump it up to a star low. I was going to say, like, you might have
1: handicapped it.
0: I think I gotta, I think I gotta. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably pretty safe. That's kind of like your bell curve uh, icon anyway, but yeah, very, very interesting. And at least it wasn't at night when people could see, because I I remember- I, I remember driving to work in the morning for the when i was doing mornings and it was like you know 4 30 or whatever and i would see people watching a video on their phone i could clearly see i'm like what are you do- what are you do- what? like stop that yeah like, you can't do that maybe like, we're they were like me tunnel. you know they, they were listening to the video yeah yeah and it and just, just happened. looking to, over yeah.
0: occasionally at the visuals <laughs>
1: yeah oh time All to right. spare
0: Next week we have got season 8 episode 5 Vow of Silence. Um oh I, I guess uh, Vow of Silence is episode 5 not not the smiley face. Um so yeah, uh, episode 5 Vow of Silence original air date was August 7th 2011 and if you're looking in TV guide that night you're going to see uh, We went from a good one to uh oh, no. Whatever this is, oh, no. uh, you are going to see a failed alibi has coastal consequences. Semicolon. The Greens dog is denied a last meal. Semicolon. Oh. Larry confronts a buffet line transgressor.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: we got two semicolons.
1: Wow. We got a paragraph there. <laughs> I would venture to say we're going to be able to cut maybe two of those. I'll say one. I mean the, the whole episode can't we're, we've got to be able to do better than that so God. <laughs> after the, so they gave us a week off so we could prepare for that that's I true
0: think. <laughs> I think so I, I think, think that's the case
1: all right is that it yeah I think that's it all right
0: for no hugging no learning I'm Tim Murphy I'm Ted Halliwell. be good